Welcome to New Hope for Life. We're dedicated to helping you find your true meaning and value in God. No matter what life is throwing your way, our hope is that you begin to experience the power and victory in God's Word. Pastor Colin Grigg will show you how you can overcome your circumstances and gain the victory as God intended. With more than 30 years of ministry experience, Pastor Colin has served both as a local pastor and international conference speaker, and by God's grace, has helped many people find new hope to deal with the very real challenges that arise in our everyday lives. Now for today's message with Pastor Colin Grigg. God's telling Moses, go forward, stretch out your staff and I'll separate the Red Sea. So Moses did that, but he says to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now that's, a, that's exactly the message for you and me when we face problems, is don't be afraid, but stand firm so that you will see the salvation of the Lord. And as I touched on a minute ago, that if we have a temptation and we falter that, then we don't get the victory. We don't get to get God's victory. We might get a moment of gratification uh, because we got something that uh, Satan was waving under our nose, that, that carrot, you know, to say, oh, look what I've got for you. But you know what? what? You know what Satan will do? The funny thing about Satan is, He'll offer you something, and then when you take it, he'll turn around and accuse you, okay? So he's the accuser of the brethren, and he's someone who pulls us down. But as the same verse says in Revelation 12:11, that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, and we love not our human lives to the death, okay? Now that's not meaning you have to die to get the victory. It means you have to die to self. You have to put the flesh to death and deny the flesh and always say yes to God. And I'm going to explain how you can do that in just a moment. So let's move on. And uh, so the, other, the next one is when Jehoshaphat was outnumbered, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 15. And Zechariah the prophet said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's Jehoshaphat. Now he had, he had the Moabites and um, the Jebusites and and uh, I can't think of the other one now. There was another. There's another. A few fewer than those. But this is a great multitude was coming against him. And what was the promise? Zechariah the prophet said, "Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat." So he's talking to the king. He says, "Thus says the Lord to you: Don't be afraid." We've heard that before in the last verse. Okay. And do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Oh man, if that doesn't just give you peace of mind, what does? You know, when we are weak, we are uh, when we are weak or sick. This is the the fourth uh, way that God causes us to win. Two Corinthians twelve nine to ten, and this is where Paul was was seeking the Lord to take away the affliction that he had. We don't know what affliction or what that affliction was, um, but we do know that he was afflicted and he, so much so that he sought God to be delivered from it. But God spoke to him and said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And you know what? It doesn't matter how much of, uh, you are sick. It doesn't matter how much of a failure you feel. It doesn't matter how much condemnation is coming upon you. It doesn't matter how much rejection you've received, even when you're rejecting yourself. God is still there and God wants to give you the victory. If you're out there today and you're feeling a little down and you don't know what happened to God, I want to tell you, you can't do this. You can't do this job. It's God's job, okay? So right now, I'll move forward. And what we have to consider on this slide is, actually, have you noticed who really always wins? And for those who can't see and are listening, I want to just share with you that it's not us who always wins. It's God who always wins. Did you notice that in those four places? The law concerning warfare. God will fight for you and give you the victory. When crossing the Red Sea, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. When Jehoshaphat was outnumbered by the Moabites and the Jebusites and the otherites, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours but God's. Hallelujah. When we are weak or sick, what does God say to Paul? He says, therefore, I will boast. Or Paul says, I'm sorry. God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I want to be weak so that God can be strong in me. If I'm confident in myself, I'm not trusting the Lord. If I think I can do the job without God, I'm not trusting the Lord. So I'm not drawing on the power of God. I'm drawing on my own power. We're in the flesh. And God said we have to crucify the flesh. So we have to put the flesh out of our mind and out of our spirit. And we have to walk according to the Holy Spirit's direction. And we have to be filled with the Spirit. As Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, He said, Stay in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And that was what He talked about in, in John uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, he's talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter who will come. And this is the promise that he told the disciples to wait for. And we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, they received that, that great and prosperous blessing of infilling of the Holy Spirit. And they all spoke in tongues. Okay, so let's move on a little bit more. Oh, I've got some posters now. And this one says, There have been many battles, but God always gives me the victory. Now that word always speaks of time, okay? Every time you have a battle, God gives you the victory. But it also speaks about the ways, okay? Sometimes we think, man, I'm not going to be able to win this one. I better freak out and run away. But God's saying in every way, I give you the victory. So God always gives me the victory. Time and event. Okay? Praise God. So whatever that circumstance is, God is standing with you and he always gives me the victory. Okay, next one. It says, we know how this all ends. God wins. <laughs> That's right. We've read the end of the book. We know God wins. So why are we afraid to serve him? Why are we afraid to step out of our little comfort zone and walk with Jesus in the spirit. 
Hallelujah. That's what he that's what he he designed the Christian life to be. A life with him in relationship with him by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they're all one in the same. And that's demonstrated in John 17:21 because he invites all of us to join him and the Holy Spirit and God into their presence to be one with them that blows my mind it's blown my mind for years that verse that's why i know it because i've re- i've memorized it be- why because it blows my mind because <laughs> it's hard to believe that god is actually inviting us into his presence to rule and reign with him praise god okay next one another poster it says life's battles don't always favor the stronger or faster ones the one who wins is the one whose heartbeat says with god i can hallelujah with god i can i can do all things through christ who strengthens me philippians 4:19 says hallelujah praise god hallelujah hallelujah so when you put god first you always win that's the last of my four so let's move along. Let's move along. Let's find out some more. Look, I want to share with you something personal. I got a very subtle revelation recently, and it was from 2 Corinthians 5.17. And this, this just stay with me here because it, it's, it was a very subtle revelation. I hadn't really had such a subtle kind of vague, well, not vague, but, but just gentle revelation that God gave me through this because at first I didn't think it related at all to this verse so but stick with me and we'll see how it does okay so I'm reading from the King James version it says therefore if any man be in Christ he's a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new and I'm thinking about this and and I you know in all honesty I've struggled with this verse for uh, you know a lot of years because it's saying if any man's in Christ he's a new creature old things are passed away now I know that I still get into the flesh I know that I still get tempted I know that sometimes I fall to those temptations and I'm saying God there's a dilemma what is the answer and I'm thinking of Paul from Romans chapter 7 when he's saying God what I want to do I can't do what I want to do I don't do Okay, so I'm saying that to God myself, and he gave me this revelation, and and how awesome it is, and I just want to read it to you. I wrote these words out, but I wanted to make sure that I said them the way that I've written them, so I want to speak them out to you right now. God spoke to me while I was meditating on this verse above, on or about the 15th of January this year, that's 2024 in case you're listening to this in another year, I was thinking about the fact that since we cannot ultimately rid ourselves of the flesh in this life, we therefore cannot guarantee in an ongoing way that we remain in the presence of the Holy Spirit, simply because we have not yet been and will not be fully delivered from the spirit of flesh this side of heaven. This going from flesh to spirit to flesh again in many cases goes on continually flowing from one state to the other, from flesh to spirit, from death to life, and gets very frustrating when scripture brings with it the ultimatum that we must remain in the spirit. So we can only overcome or put to death the flesh that is in us by the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, just... I want to repeat that because it's worth repeating. It says, so we can only 
overcome, that means put to death the flesh that is in us by the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it any other way. We can strive and try and struggle. If you're doing it in the flesh, you're going to fail. We have to do it by the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and I want to point out that dilemma a little bit more in a moment. So I did say to the Lord, is this verse wrong? <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.17. So the answer I got was, the only way for us to remain in the presence of the Spirit is to remain conscious of the, at times, overpowering weakness of our flesh and our need of God's all-encompassing power to crucify the flesh. Why? Because the natural tendency or bias we have is to default to the flesh whenever distracted and often without even thinking. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse, verse 46, it says there, first the natural and then the spiritual. Now he's talking about the earth first and then the spiritual, okay? But what I want to point out to you today is that whenever a temptation comes, whenever uh, uh, something comes upon us by surprise, you know, we lose a loved one, we lose a job, things, you know, loss often brings grief. It does, does bring grief. And uh, we, we grieve the loss. It might be the loss of a friend, like just a friendship. But it brings us into some grief. But what God is saying to us is as we call on God at that moment, Lord, I need your strength. My flesh is too weak to overcome this. I need you. Then he sends his power and his spirit to fill you with not just the direction and the answer to your need, but also to fill you with love and joy and peace knowing that God has a future for you. God has given you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29 11 says, so stand on the promises of God. You see, I'm quoting scripture here and I'm giving you a lot of facts from scripture and quoting the verse and it's important. Why, why can I do that? I'm no one special. I just remember scripture. Believe me, I'm, I'm in the same boat with, with everybody listening. I'm in the same boat with the weakest person listening. And I want to tell you that when you invoke the power of the Holy Spirit and you stand on it in faith, God will meet your need. He will supply that way of escape, as I shared before in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. Okay, so moving right along. So we therefore need to consciously call on God for his strength by admitting our weaknesses, staying humble and submitting ourselves to God's direction while calling on the power of the Holy Spirit to help us overcome. So then something comes upon me. Here we go. Let's play it out for a second. Something comes upon me, a temptation. I go, God, you promised to provide me with a way of escape. You've also said I will not be tempted beyond my strength. But Lord, it's not my strength because my strength is not there. It gives in. It gives up. The temptation overwhelms and overtakes. And I end up doing what I don't want to do. So Lord, would you come right now and help me to overcome? Give me your spirit, Lord. Focus at that point, saints, on him. Okay, Lord, 
I put that whole thing out of my head and I'm focusing on you and your strength. And when you do that, bang, that temptation's gone. Now, I've given one example, but you can use it for any temptation whatsoever. And, you know, you might have certain temptations that I don't have and I might have certain temptations that you don't have, okay? But it's the same method as we go along, praise God. So, let me show you how we can overcome. All right, so scripture first. There's 2 Corinthians 5.17, which I've read. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Is that a lie? No, it's true. But let's read some other scriptures that relate to that. Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see that? If, if we walk in the Spirit, what does that mean? It means being submitted to God. It means submitting your whole life to God. You see, the Christian life was not meant to be 50% lived. It was not meant to even be 80% lived. It was meant to be 100% lived. And that's where the key is to the power of God. When you're living the life 100%, not only do you have the power, the resource of God to overcome anything, but you also receive love, joy and peace in that situation. And you see the glory of God, as we read before, that Moses said, you only have to stand still, okay? You don't have to do anything because God's got you and God's going to deal with it. And you will see the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So these are very descriptive verses. And probably many of you know these verses. But think about it in the context that I'm speaking today. Romans 8, 5 to 6 is the next one I want to share with you. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Okay? But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Hallelujah. Now what does what does set mean? Let's let's take some examples, you know, like concrete. You pour concrete, it's all kind of gooey and lumpy and, and 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 but you know, guys come along, professionals, not me, but they come along and they make an amazing shapes out of out of cement and stuff like that, and pathways and walkways and you know, even sculptures and stuff like that. But um, you know, when it sets, it's it's a it's a rock. <laughs> It's a rock. It doesn't move. It can't move. There's nothing can change it. So, you know, and I've got a little joke just comes to mind, you know, how to get really stoned. Drink wet cement. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll move on. That was just a dad joke, which was pretty horrible. But anyway. <laughs> so, things of the flesh. Um, we set our minds. The other, the other setting that I think of right now is set like a jelly. I mean, it goes in liquid, it comes out jelly, okay? So we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. We set our minds on the things of the Spirit, not on the things of the flesh. Because to set the mind on the flesh, verse 6 says, is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Folks, this gospel works. But we have to do it God's way. If we don't do it God's way, it just isn't going to work. It's not going to work for you. 
If you're 99.9% committed to God and you're that 0.1% not committed, it's not going to work for you. Why? Because number one, you know you're not committed. Your conscience is telling, the Holy Spirit's telling you you're not committed. See, He comes to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment, as it says in John 16. So we need to be looking at, at those truths and walking in those truths in Jesus' name, okay? Um, he convicts us. Because we've given our hearts to God, the conviction is even more. We know, you know right now, you can, if not, just do a spiritual health checkup. Just, Lord, am I, am I walking full on for you? Am I really submitted to you, Lord? Am I filled with your spirit? Am I seeking to know your will? Am I prepared to put my life to death, as I quoted before from Revelation 12, 11? You love not your life to the death. So you've got to love God more than you love taking your own life in your own hands, because that's rebellion. And 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23 says, Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. So why is that? Because we're taking what God made your life and God gave breath to your body, your soul and your spirit. Okay, God gave it to you and you're turning it into something that God never meant it to be. God always meant for us to be in a relationship with Him and communicating with Him day by day, moment by moment, step by step. Okay, so moving along to the next verse. So, so far we've been 2 Corinthians 5.17, all things are passed away, all things become new. Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans 8.5 and 6, uh, verse 6 says, set your mind on the flesh is death. Sorry, setting your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. 2 Corinthians 7.1 is, is the last one here. Um, it says, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. See, there's a lot of people around today say, you know, we're free from the law. We don't have to do anything. We just have to receive the blessings of God and they just come. Uh-uh. That's a lie. I'm telling you, it's not God. God is saying right here in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, through Paul, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So we are to fear God and we are to walk in Him and we are to walk by His Word. You can't live without the Word and just by the Spirit. And you can't live just by the Word and not by the Spirit. You've got to do both. Have the Word and the Spirit. And I'm telling you, if your Spirit tells you something that is opposite to what's in the Word of God, then you're not hearing the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will confirm the words that Jesus said. He will confirm the words of the prophets. You've been listening to New Hope for Life. For a copy of today's message or series, visit www.newhopeforlife.org.au to download them directly from our media page. Are you wondering what it means to be in a personal relationship with God? We would love to offer you a free pack including a CD message from Pastor Colin Grigg and information on how to become connected to God. 
simply visit our website and request the information pack or contact us with any questions you may have at newhopeforlife.org.au. You can also write to us at New Hope for Life, PO Box 79, Swansea, New South Wales, 2281. New Hope for Life is a faith-based ministry relying on the gracious support of our listeners. If you would like to support this ministry in our efforts to spread the truth of God's Word, please visit newhopeforlife.org.au and click on the support button. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you can be with us again next time when we present another edition of New Hope for Life.